all this time, Porter, everything you've done, everything you've said, I've heard all about. So you've made some remarks in the past about when is Papa Fritz going to be here. Papa Fritz is here. championship wrestling on the network and i'm with johnny kelly johnny how you doing i'm doing better after hearing that intro that's i got some oof my friend hey baby that's what happens when i reload my coke hey buddy in the literally liquid sense um kelly how you doing i'm doing great as always man awesome man and this is from the network episode uh, 83, July 30th, 1983, um, World Class Championship Wrestling. And we open up with Jose Lavario versus Grand Marcus. And, you know, Jose Lavario in World Class is different than the Jose Lavario from Houston. Um, when we had those matches, I was always excited. Here, it's kind of been more hit or miss. And him and Grand Marcus have a long history of feuding. So I, I was optimistically about, up, uh, kind of optimistic about this. But then I, I then reality hit. What do you yeah. think, Kelly? <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely wasn't Jose's finest moment. Um, Grand Marcus. So last year we had Grand Marcus Dos, and that was Grand Marcus, right? Yeah. But why was he Dos last year? <laughs> and now he's Who just knows? Grand Marcus. And Anything, maybe hold those on. are just things that I care about. Right. Bring in grandma. Maybe they're probably going to bring in another guy under the mask and making him Grand Marcus. I don't know. Hold on, Kelly. Maybe if Grand Marcus Dose was the real Grand Marcus who Jose had a history with, then this guy who's just Grand Marcus isn't the real Grand Marcus. He's the real Grand Marcus, too, which explains why this match sucks. <laughs> That's got to be it. Yeah, other than Jose doing a few sweet. Head scissor spots with yeah. Marcus that looked good. It was uh, yeah, not much uh, arm bars, and then the ref uh, totally is just oh god, this finish was so bad. Uh, <laughs> lots of dirty tactics by Marcus throughout, and then the referee just totally screws up the finish. Um, Marcus goes for the pin with his feet on the top rope. Which is, you know, okay, fine. But the referee has to go basically underneath the, his legs to count the pin. <laughs> so there's no way that he could plausibly have missed uh, the legs being on the ropes. It was so <laughs> stupid looking. Just watch it. Just put this episode on the network just for this reason. See, the, there's just total businesses exposing finish to the point where right after you see the shot of the cop 
uh, who's at ringside, who based on his body language, you can see he's rolling his eyes going, Jesus Christ. Like what bullshit that is. It's, (laughs) it's and the noise the crowd makes is like a different sort of disappointed. Yeah. It's (laughs) like, yeah, not like a disappointed that the heel one noise it's a disappointed that the finish looks so shitty noise yeah um just and and who which referee is this he's he's jerry some something yeah it's, it's uh, jerry usher yeah jerry usher his name? It, it's jim <laughs> that's why he's too stoned to get the fucking finish right or is this jerry hayes one of the two i can't remember which one no it was the yeah. guy it was the guy from the previous show oh, okay it, yeah no it, it's the finish wasn't botched it was the way that he no, no, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was the counting of the pin that was right. Yeah, he, he, he shouldn't have been positioned where he was. It was the worst possible place to count the pin. But that happens, I guess, in the heat of a match sometimes. See, that but groan anyway. that that groan you heard is the collective groan of a bunch of people who maybe some of them still kind of think it's real. But it's that collective groan you have when you're at a live wrestling show, especially back then, and everyone goes Oh, that's right. This is all fucking phony. (laughs) (laughs) Takes you out of it. It takes you out of it. Yeah. So, yeah. Too bad at this match. Yeah, before the, besides doing the rolling head scissors, I thought Lothario did. That was awesome. It felt like they told him no, te- no punches, no teasing of the punches, no, no, no doing what makes you special. And he's like, all right, well, I guess I'll do some rolling fucking head scissors early. And I got nothing now. Uh, this fucking yeah sucked. That's all I'm gonna say. What about you, Johnny? Okay, so the show actually opens with Mercer, and he goes, and then our main event. And they what they do is they cut to sh- uh, shots of both Jimmy Garvin and Kevin in the ring, uh, mouthing off a little bit. So it cuts to Jimmy Garvin. And he's like, this ain't gonna take long. This ain't yeah. gonna take long. And then it cuts to a shot of Kevin. He goes, hey, go comb your pretty hair. <laughs> he thinks yep. his hair is pretty. It's a compliment. I think go comb your pretty hair. And Mark Lorenz opening a show, he's got the most low energy opener. Like you have you know, your Michael Buffer types or your, your other guy, uh, Gary Michael Cabana's like, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Philadelphia Spectrum and or what have you. Uh, Mark Lorenz's his, his opening line is, hello again, everybody. And it's so low key. Yeah. And so during the match, Bill's talking about Kamala. And Bill pronounces Kamala like Trump pronounces China. He's like, Kimala, China. Yes, Maggie. Hilarious. Um, I'm sorry. I got to break. I got to let the dog up. Everyone just came home and fucking the dog's now going crazy. It'll be all over the background of this. Let's start over. Sorry. Hold on. No problem. We only had that red light, Kelly. <laughs> Sorry about that. This Fucking dogs. Running, running. Bitch. Oh, I know, yeah, see, which was hilarious when I heard it the last time. So I know all this is staying in, including my terrible Trump joke. Anyway, this felt to me like a typical Jose match against a guy who sucks. I've seen a lot of Jose versus a guy who sucks. Jose carries for as bad as this is, and it's not Jose's finest hour either. No. Jose's carrying this to the point where, when Jose's fighting out of the headlock, 
He's doing all the work. He's lifting up Marcus's arm and lifting it back down to be caught back into the headlock. He's doing it's like he's working with a, a literal mannequin. <laughs> it, and I hate Marcus's look. All white with no trim, just all white. It's like he went to the wrestling gear store and said, I'll take the basic. And yes, the cheapest package. The cheapest package. Well, sir, don't you want to lose? You know, even Mr. Wrestling 2 has a little black trim. <laughs> Not for me. No, I just need the basic. All white. I, I don't care for his look at all. I didn't like this match at all. I, I kept waiting. I'm like, well, Jose's going to punch him eventually, right? And then Marcus pins Jose Lothario. I was like, yeah. oh, bullshit. No, this was sucked. Sucked. Yeah, it sucked the energy out of me. Maybe go to sleep. Um, then we get an Akbar interview. What do you think of this, John? Uh, again, we're still getting there with Devastation Incorporated because Akbar's whole thing. The whole thing is Kamala's been hiding from Brody, and Akbar's uh, deal is, well, Brody, I think you're hiding from Kamala. I'm like, well, no, that's not okay. And so it's typical heel logic of just lying. The key is, after he leaves, uh, the ringside area. <laughs> and Bill Mercer must have practiced this and wrote this down. He goes, well, Akbar says that Brody's slow, but Brody says he's ready to go. But he doesn't say it with any enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I personally enjoyed Akbar's interview because I've always liked Akbar's in interviews. So. I, love, I love Akbar, too. I've seen him in great stuff. I just so far in world class, it's just not coming together. Okay. Like, like I mean, I know I've seen Akbar in in uh, in uh, mid south UWF uh, with feuding with uh, Duggan and stuff where he's great. Yeah. On interviews, I mean, I'm saying here in world class, it's it's not so great. Yeah, they haven't had anything for them to sink their teeth into. Not really. really not at all. No. Not yeah. at all. Yeah. yeah. We'll say that. What about you, Kelly? Yeah, I agree. We haven't seen. Um, but yeah, anywhere close to the best of Akbar yet, and, and Devastation Incorporated is a definite work in progress at this stage. But yeah, we know it's going to get better. Right, and that leads us into the match in the ring, which is the Mongol and Terry Gordy versus Adams and Parsons. Yeah, Sorry. well, the show may have started with a dud, but uh, this match makes up for it big time. Yeah, and and um, the show for the rest uh, the rest of the shows actually. Pretty good. So, yeah, yep. it started shitty, but here we go. Uh, the Mongol continues to be the fourth Freebird. Now, now he's teaming with Gordy. Uh, he's teaming with Buddy before. Yeah. Anyway. No, it's like you made that. that joke. Who's worse, Mongol or Angel or Death? Mongol. <laughs> uh, I, I pretty have shitty. A, kind of a soft spot for Angel of Death because he was in Stampede at one point. But uh, oh. for that... That was the first time I saw him. Oh, I definitely would go with Angel of Death over the fucking Mongol. Yeah, at least that's a cool gimmick name. I'll, I'll go there. Yeah. yeah. All right, yeah. continue on, Kelly. Sorry for interrupting. No problem. You just had so, to step us a hierarchy. <laughs> we had to, had to answer that most Everyone important Everyone's dying to know. That was... <laughs> um, so Adams nails Gordy with a super kick right away. And then a crossbody for a near fall within the first minute. So that was cool. Establishes the pace of the match. And this match is actually fought at a pretty uh, brisk pace. 
both Iceman and Adams have uh, uh, big uh, shines at the beginning, big pop from the crowd. Adam's shine goes on for quite a while, and Gordy's getting worked over by both guys, and the crowd's going nuts. And Mongo gets in with Adams, and here we go. We get the war that's <laughs> never going to end between them, but then Adams quickly tagged out, so it was just a tease. And Iceman's a house of fire. Gordy and Mongo finally get heat on Iceman. The crowd's nuclear for this match. Big go ice go chant to rally the Iceman. Tags to Adams. Huge house of fire this time by Adams, but he's quickly cut off. And he starts selling his back at this point. So some good uh, selling by Adams. Good psychology. Crowd is just totally into this. Uh, now, at this point, I was like, okay, this is a hidden gem. I'd never heard of this match before. And I'm really digging it. It's got great action. It's got great psychology. It's got great uh, crowd reaction. Great stuff. And the face in peril by Adams goes on for quite a while. The crowd's just begging for the hot tag at this point. So perfect. They've worked it perfectly, building it up. And we get it. Huge ice, hot tag to Iceman. And Iceman comes in, House of Fire, with a big butt butt to the Mongol. And unfortunately, though, the ref misses this where Gordy interfered, or while well, he gets a shot behind Iceman's back, back uh, Iceman wasn't looking. So Iceman is then pinned. And, yeah, kind of a, an abrupt finish. But other than that, yeah, yeah, the finish sucked. But other than that, I thought the finish, or the match itself, was really good. I actually went three and three quarters. Um, wow. You know, it was a fresh match for me. I'd never seen it before. Yeah. So you're always going to rate it, like, the match, when you see it the first time, higher. Based on and then subsequent viewings, you'll be like, okay, maybe it wasn't that good. But this was fresh, so I was really <laughs> excited as it was going on. Yeah, no, no, it's week. a good match. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I had it in the three and a quarter range until the finish was dropped in two and three fourths because that finish sucked. Long yeah. <laughs> game went over, um, and it even looked like a, a it looked like it should have been a near fall. Um, yeah, no, it didn't look good. <laughs> it had, but, well, it, yeah, it, I loved it. I mean, it was an AWA style tag match where we got two uh, face and perils from both guys. Um, yeah, and they were nuclear for that hot tag for Parsons, and then they. Decided to take a fart in the church and do that finish. Um, but, yeah, the work was really good. Uh, my other complaint, maybe, and I, it didn't bother me so much, but I thought they relied on the bear hug a little too much. Um, but, yeah, it was overall a good match with just a bad finish tacked on to it, which is 80s wrestling. What about you, John? Well, let's uh, talk about since we're talking about the finish. <laughs> Excuse me before I get into everything else. It, it wasn't even just that it was a disappointing finish. It just looked like a clusterfuck. It had the clumsy referee in it and the Mongol, because the Mongol ruins everything he touches. He He's the worst part of this match. He, he sticks out like a sore fucking thumb, because three-quarters of everyone in there are goddamn legitimately great. And he, I mean, he he's he, at one point he's doing a run-in, and Iceman is bending down, and he's going too slow, and he makes Iceman look stupid, you know, because he's not getting in fast enough. He ruins everything. He's the worst. <laughs> I fucking hate him. And he was part of that shitty finish. I blame it all on him and that dumb referee, not Terry Gordy. But, yeah, but the match itself, again, you surround the Mongol with three great talents, just like uh, last week or the week before. 
then he's carryable. Maybe that's why they keep using him. I don't know. Yeah, I think so, yeah. And Bill Mercer uh, says, when everyone's in the ring, he's like, wow, look at that. It's a ring full of tremendous international talent. Um, hold on. Okay, Iceman from America, Brody's from America, the Mongols clearly from America. There's one guy. Um, even, even if you're going to play into that, he's Mongolian. That's half. And as he's talking about this diversity. Which is more than most matches in the United States. Okay, true. Okay, well, anyway, it's the Mongol, Pete. Because then he says, he's, 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 he's describing his comment. He goes, and the Mongol, look at him. He's, it's not like he's from Wabash, Indiana. Mongolia. I'm like, he's probably exactly from Wabash, Indiana. <laughs> and Bill Mercer is he's ribbing him. It's it, That sounds like exactly where that fucking hillbilly should be from. Wabash, Indiana. Oh, he's the worst. Uh, Bill Mercer gets, again, amazing super kick by Chris Adams onto Terry Gordy. Terry Gordy takes it uh, so great, sells it. And you get the call of Chris Adams explodes all over Gordy. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yuck, yuck. And, and he doesn't give that one up. Um, in the middle of this action, you get he's talking about the Mongol and, and Iceman he's like they have two of the most interesting hairstyles in world class championship wrestling but it's like it, great comments like that are fine but not timed in the middle of hot action you know what I mean you use that for headlocks <laughs> it's, it's the <laughs> goddamn worst and yeah I, I, I enjoyed every, it, literally whenever the Mongol comes into the a match I, I get deflated, and then when he's gone, I I appreciate the match more. I just he's the worst. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the Mongol, but I feel that he serviceable well in these tag matches. Oh, he is. It's the most serviceable he is because you have to, you have to do it that way with this guy. Yeah. I get it, but and maybe I'm just overly focused on my Mongol hate and not looking at the good because everything else was good. But uh, that finish really took me out of it. So if I was going to lean one way or the other, that finish happens, and I was like, oh, that was disappointing. <laughs> yeah. Kamala versus Rick Riddle. A Rock Riddle. <laughs> Rock Sorry, Riddle. Rock Riddle. Sorry, give me Rock that. Riddle. <laughs> Captain Kelly, tell us about this. This is interesting. Uh, this, uh, <laughs> I mean, it was fun and interesting. And Rock Riddle. Cool. Yeah. Uh, what do you Rock think a match with Rock Riddle was going to be effective and work and, and all this? I did not. This is a pleasant surprise. <laughs> yeah. I've seen the name before, Rock Riddle. Um, I have, too. It, it, it was, a, you know, that, it was a, a lost episode of the Flintstones where they meet the most famous porn star <laughs> in Bedrock, Rock Riddle. You know, because uh, him and Barney rented a video with uh, Rock Riddle and Jenna Jamestone. <laughs> rock riddle yeah it's a weird name well that's why i remember it because it sticks out you know, it's strange and for a guy who's just a well he's a jobber here i did of course look into his career and he was basically yeah jobber to the stars his whole career um but i could have swore i saw his name like in a like on a mid-70s wrestling magazine once and, and was kind of interested because I was like, well, if your name made the cover of a wrestling magazine, you must have been a star of some renown, and I'd never heard of Rock Riddle before. Or the or the editor at the wrestling magazine says, that's too great a name not to put on the fucking magazine. Who cares? Rock Riddle. 
Yeah. But looking through the results, it doesn't look like he ever did anything that would have warranted a magazine cover blurb. (laughs) Was it, was it, it, Total Loser Has Great Name, The Inside Story by Bill Apter. (laughs) Maybe that's what it was. Uh, He wrestled in Tennessee starting in 1972, according to wrestling data. His, His career record is really weird. There's a lot of gaps. Um, he was in the AWA for quite a while in the seventies, Georgia. And then there's no, not a single result for him between 1976 and 1982. So yeah, either he quit wrestling for six years or there's just not porn. Enough. Definitely porn. Porn. Definitely porn. That, <laughs> that just, would have been the peak of the that peak. era. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the peak. And in 82 AIDS came in and he's like, Oh, it's safer to bleed in wrestling than it is to fuck. So back to the ring after after a long stint in the Los Angeles territory. Los Angeles, there you go. Come on, I think we're on the mounts. Mounts, I mean, in a porno sense, that was a pun. Yes. So he's been in Dallas since June, apparently, and he sticks around for a few months. And then there's no results until one lone WCW match in South Carolina in 1988. Wow. Yeah. So, like I said, a really strange job for. In 88? Yeah. Uh, Cruel Connection number one. Man, that's really not low on the totem pole. Yeah. (laughs) Job into a jobber. Exactly. There's a movie in that story. There is a movie in the story of Rock Riddle. <laughs> we just made it. We just came up with the bare bones of, mm-hmm. a, of a synopsis of the, of the plot here. Um, yeah, so he's not bad. He's just here to make Kamala look great. Kamala slaps the shit out of him. And Kamala's now doing the stomach slaps yes. that he would be famous for. Um, I don't think he'd. There we go. I don't think he'd been doing that yet in, in world class. And so, yeah, the, the crowd's chanting Bruiser, so they've got that whole uh, thing over with Brody and Kamala. And ask and you shall receive, because Brody storms the ring. Uh, yeah, I mean, Kamala doesn't even actually pin Riddle. He's about to, and then Brody storms the ring. Brody loves to save these job guys. He's coming out there to save his good friend, Rock Riddle. Yeah. He's the Rock people's Riddle. champion, man. Him, yeah, Rock Riddle, him, Rock Riddle, and Mike Bond hang out and watch porn together. Guys, <laughs> carry Brody's bags into the freaking arena. There Come you on, go. Porn. That's there you go. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, but that's cool. Yeah, there's another facet of Brody's character is that he's got a soft spot for these uh, these guys. And then we get an awesome slugfest, I thought, between Brody and Kamala. Basically, King Kong versus Godzilla here, back and forth, bam, 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 bam. And the wrestlers have to come from the dressing room to break it up. It's so out of control. And then Brody knocks Kamala off over the top rope, and the crowd pops huge. And he lands, and Kamala lands on Rock Riddle, who's (laughs) here at ringside. Kamala lands right on Rock Riddle. (laughs) Yeah, poor Rock. So anyway, I thought the post-match stuff, or as soon as Brody got involved, this was awesome, actually. Yeah. That was great. Yeah, it was great stuff. Yeah. Brody, you know, I'll I'll be honest. I'm not a huge Brody guy in ring, but I've never complained about him, his aura, 
and I've never complained about a guy who knew how to make make you pay money to see him wrestle because I want to see him and fucking Kamala throw down. I ain't even oh, fucking yeah. lie. Um, oh, yeah. Now, now the matches sometimes were hit or miss. A lot of them were missed for me. But by God, he did his job as a pro wrestler, which is to get your ass in a fucking seat. Right. And, right. and and uh, maybe, hopefully, I think his, his, his problem, I felt, was having you come back again to see a second match with Kamala. But by God, you're paying for that first match, I'll tell you. Well, that's why he's a force of nature who moves through territories, and there's characters yeah. like that in wrestling. And when people look back with a modern eye sometimes, I think, they they don't realize that, that during the days of territory wrestling, there were certain characters who had that aura. They only came in for a while and came out. And if your promotion was left worse after Brody left and died, that's – the fault of your promotion. That means yeah. you brought in Bruiser Brody to try to pop Gates because you're already dying. And yeah. So what happens afterward isn't the fault of Bruiser Brody. It's if you can't take advantage of the momentum given by Bruiser Brody, and it doesn't have anything to do with oh we didn't do a clean pinfall because no one really gave a shit about that. It do you use the momentum of the money and the Gates and the attention that guys like Brody and Abdullah brought in? Yeah. Or do you, maybe, or you maybe, maybe, maybe put them in a, put them in a tag team situation and have them give the rub to somebody. You know. Yeah, yeah, that do that way. You whatever. figure it out. You figure it out as a promoter. It's not Brody's job to promote. It's Brody's job to show up and pop gates. St. And, Louis always remained strong, and they yep. used him, and, you know, Baja. Um, yep. He was always strong in Japan. Yeah, yeah. There's all these knocks against him. I agree. Um, but the guy knew how to come into a fucking territory and, and, and light it up immediately and get people into the fucking seats. So, um it's interesting here watching him into world class coming into a hot territory and just making uh, just uh, you know being another piece to it that keeps it makes you want yes. to fucking go to a show and stuff. And by the way, Brody, when I made the mention about how Brody isn't a booker, the only time he was that I remember was in world class years later. And he sucked. Uh, yeah, and was not good at it at all. At all. So that that was not his job. Yeah. The only thing the only thing I want to add to this match because I have nothing else to add to the Kamala match is. There was people. There's certain chants from rednecks in the crowd that I go, that's actually smart because they're chanting PLO at Akbar. It's still of the time. They're chanting PLO, PLO. I'm like, well, that's an informed audience. At least they watch the evening news. They know about the PLO. I thought that was. I love that. I thought it was kind of hey, not all rednecks are dummies, Johnny. We yeah. care about our oil I'm business. I'm just saying. Right? I'm just saying. PLO. <laughs> well, I, or the, you know, well, I think, come on. It was a major plot point on Dallas. I know. I know. Damn yeah, straight. All right. Know, know your role. Know your life. Oh, hey, I, I ain't crossing hey, that. Fucking you, you, you Yankee from New Jersey. I, 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 was born, <laughs> I was born in Kentucky, sir. Well, no one knows. No one knows about that history. All right. You were born in New York, Pete. So. Yeah, I know. There you go. <laughs> that history everyone knows. I don't think yeah, I hide Mike, that at all. Yeah, Michael Kentucky, Hayes. Kentucky tidbit is brand new to me. No, no, Michael. Oh, really? Oh, Michael Hayes, I found out, was recently was born in Philadelphia. That's wow. Great. There you go. Now we're back in the barn. David Von Eric interview post uh, going through the uh, going through the muck with Jimmy Garvin. Goes, what's going on, John? Man, this is a nice little follow. follow oh, it's nice great. It's great. But uh, the uh, the graphic uh, going into commercial, it says 
David rates the valet service I'm like on <laughs> yeah. on back on on backpage.com. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, so Bill, it's just so funny because this was obviously shot right after they did that. It looks like Bill pops right out from where. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? It looks like it started right after. And Bill's like, here, here we are back at the scene of the confrontation. <laughs> like, and, it was, and it's a good thing. We had two NWA officials here, Jackson and Usher. Wait, what? You had <laughs> two, to, 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 to break this up, why they have to be in? Okay. Oh, yeah, that made no sense. No sense. But he brings in David, and David's out there, and his shirt is torn, and he's roughed up, and he's he's super upset. He goes, Bill, I've been fighting in this barn since I was a boy. And Jimmy Garvin, you broke this stall. And Jimmy Garvin, you now touch me in a personal way that no one's ever touched me before. <laughs> yeah, very – uh very rock riddle porno ass come on right. Jimmy show hey David, show me on the doll where Jimmy Garvin touched you personally <laughs> while you were rolling through the mud and the muck and the shit. And you were thinking it's broke back Von Eric time. You're taking him out onto the North 40. You want you some gorgeous Jimmy Garvin, don't you? <laughs> but still it was great. I love. I this is what they do the best, and they were, they, we talked about the last show. I'm you know? shocked that this feud never led to like a loser wears a dress match <laughs> and gets fucked. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way it could really end. <laughs> I love oh, Davey. Wow. I, I thought this was fantastic. I love even though how creepy it sounds. Oh no, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's it's one of those. Typical 80s lines that 30 years later sounds totally <laughs> hilarious. This this is right at, on the level of Magnum TA telling telling Tully Blanchard, I'm going to come on you like no one's ever come on you before. <laughs> That's what yeah. I was going to bring up. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, there's countless others, usually with the word come being, in, <laughs> yep. being used. <laughs> But yeah, you've touched me in a personal way you've never touched me before. God, I... <laughs> right in my asshole. <laughs> uh, and then in the match coming up, Mercer has... Oh yeah, we'll get to it. Mercer has one of those lines too. And much like Magnum Montelli, I'm going to come all over you with what's on the Pro Wrestling Only Podcast Network this week. First up, we have the Strong Style Story Boys. And this week they dropped two episodes. First one looks at the G1 Supercard from MSG over WrestleMania weekend. And the second one looks at New Japan's Road to Wrestling Dontaku. On greetings from Allentown this week, Peter Winston is going back to Jim Crockett Promotions. And he's looking at October 26, 1985. This is the episode where Magnum kisses Baby Doll. Dusty Rhodes goes to the doctor. Arn Anderson says four horsemen for maybe the first time. And this being October 26, 1985, the whole show will be about what Marty McFly missed out by hanging out with Doc Brown that day. And on This Week in Wrestling, Pete and Tim are joined by Ben Zani. And this week they talk about 
All Elite Wrestling. They talk about the upcoming New Japan show in Dallas. And they review the pizza party from WrestleMania weekend and also the G1 Superguard from Madison Square Garden. And as always, you can find these podcasts at ProWrestlingOnly.com. Check out that site for also written reviews of all kinds of stuff. In particular, Walking in Memphis, the great history of Memphis wrestling series going on right now. Check that out. And also, you can find the legendary ProWrestlingOnly.com message board there. Sign up today and join the conversation. Well, let's talk uh, the main event then. Jimmy Garvin, yeah. Kevin Von Erich. I'm still waiting because these guys had great matches. This still wasn't one of them. What did you think, man? Yeah, it's it's the second time Kevin squashed him. Yeah. Squashed Garvin on TV in a couple weeks. So that's strange. I'm not sure what this is building towards. Well, actually, I think I know, but I'm not 100% sure. I know they do have a match that's on the DVD, uh, DVD VR set. There's a few uh, of them, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. Yeah, and it, and I believe it's from Fort Worth, so we're not going to see it unless we do a special uh, viewing like we did last uh, last week with uh, the Independence Day 6 months. If you guys want it, I got it, so just let me know. Yeah, yeah I think maybe for the next show we should put that on, because, uh, yeah, we deserve it. Um, okay. Yeah, this one, yeah, it, it's just Kevin, yeah, dominating again. Uh, Garvin ca- catches Jimmy- Kevin napping briefly, but otherwise, I was about to say Jimmy got in a little more offense than last yes. time. Yes, yeah, oh, no. yeah, yeah, just a little bit. And Mercer's ironic line is, <laughs> "Kevin exploded all over Jimmy Garvin." I know, and you know who was jealous? David. <laughs> he was <laughs> jealous that D- Kevin got to explode all over Jimmy Garvin because secretly that's what David wants. You know what the gateway to all this was? Was Rock Riddle, man. That's Rock Riddle. <laughs> He's the culprit. Open mm-hmm. up the floodgates. <laughs> literally. Literally. <laughs> Rock, Riddle, this is really- Rock Riddle was the Joey Ryan of 1983, motherfuckers. <laughs> and I'll Rock Riddle. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really, uh, yeah, I don't want to, do you want to just go right to the promo? I was just going to say the finish was kind of weird because Sunshine tossed in like a hairspray bottle or something. I thought, I thought it was yeah. brass nugs. No, it was a canister. Oh, okay. That's what it looked yeah, like. Yeah, I don't know the This finish sucked too. This finish was terrible. It was a totally wonky finish. But, yeah, because uh, the, the hairspray doesn't get used at all. No. And, yeah. and Garvin gets pinned quickly with a splash. Yeah. But it's uh, a really fun before, promo with Buddy Roberts and Michael Hayes there, oh, Johnny. Best. Well, before that, I just want to mention, during that match, G- Kevin Von Erich hits Jimmy Garvin with a fucking dropkick that just looks brutal as fuck. And I want to talk, when you're ranking the greatest dropkicks of all time, Kevin Von Erich's got to be up there. That fucking dropkick of his is Fucking sick. Kevin's rolling when he when they have wrist control on Kevin, and he has that rolling one out of it and pops him in the face. Yeah, the by best the the best drop kick. Yeah, I mean he gets up so high, gets vertical, and then kicks guys right in the fucking chin. There's nothing. It may be stiff, but there's nothing phony looking about this. Amazingly, let's face it, drop kicks in wrestling are inherently ridiculous. That you could do that, and Kevin's look like nope. I believe that that human being could knock you out with that. So just, I know he's eating up Jimmy Garvin. I just got to give Kevin my props. He's my favorite Von Eric. 
But my most favorite thing is whoever is helping Buddy with his wig game. Because <laughs> Buddy and Michael are out there for an interview. And Buddy's wearing fucking kind of like dreads, but like Bo Derek from the movie 10 with yeah. beads in them, uh, which that movie was popular at that time. Very. He, yeah, he's wearing dreaded <laughs> with beads wig and they're playing like this is my real hair this is my <laughs> real hair it's not a fucking wig and he's standing there with confidence while Michael Hayes is talking and I, all, all I wrote down was Buddy Roberts is the greatest man ever it takes to do something that silly and still make it work in, in in professional wrestling, especially back then, and, and be serious, but also make it funny yourself while doing that, it's really tough. And Buddy Roberts is such a natural comedian with the way he works and doing this stuff. I, I adore him. This that <laughs> I forgot. I, I remember seeing the, the Bo Derek wig but uh, when I was 14. But I hadn't thought about it in forever. And when I saw that, my I smiled from ear to ear, laughed my ass off. What a great touch. Ah, loved it. Uh, I totally agree. I love this promo. I love the interviews. I love Roberts and Hayes' chemistry together and the wig. My God. Um, give me a break. Great. It's so <laughs> fucking funny. <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to come out next funny, time. so nutty and lovable, you know? You know, honestly, he easily could have been Kramer on, on Seinfeld. Um, how nutty he is. He played that role. Uh, I, I wanted to come out next week with, a, like, a giant afro. Like, a huge, like, ridiculous uh, <laughs> yeah. Dr. J. Julius Irving afro. And be, this is my hair. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was Kelly? Yeah, I, I love this stuff, too. I love Buddy. <laughs> yeah, the wig perfect touch because it's a shot at Iceman's hairstyle. Yeah, and now he has a similar look. Right, but but he's not so wearing awesome. the boxing headgear because it's right. not a wrestling match. This is what yeah. Mickey wears for promos. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. gold, just gold. So good, I loved it. You know, we didn't have any anything like you know another solid episode. You you know. This might have been not as good as the last one, but you know what? It still was solid wrestling, solid solid TV, where even if we didn't have – I know Kelly liked that tag a lot more. I liked it. Johnny was, you know, probably on the downside of it. But they had enough interesting stuff that, you know, makes you – you can't miss television. It's really what it was right now in 1983. Uh, any final thoughts, Kelly? Yeah, I love the tag outside of the finish. But I still loved it. I thought the action was great. Like I said, it was fresh, fresh yeah. match to me, so it was, it was cool. And I love Kamala and Brody throwing down. That really got me hyped. And, yeah, we're just on a roll. Like I said last week, this is 98 Raw, basically. Everything they do is, is great. Um, everything gets over. The, every, the crowd loves everything. It's awesome. Yeah, if you didn't mention, um, you mentioned uh, maybe up uh, looking at a Kevin um uh, Jimmy Garvin match. We might also look at a yeah. at a Brody uh, uh, Kamala match too. Ooh. Oh yeah, if we're not gonna get one of those on 
the regular TV, we definitely have to. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Because we've seen all the build to it. Yeah, auditorium-wise. What about you, Johnny? Any final thoughts on the show? Oh, no, I loved it. I, 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 when I was watching this show and the previous one uh, while, re- record, uh, while uh, taking notes, I laughed out loud more than I have in a long time. There was stuff I liked. There was stuff that made me laugh, even as bad as it might have been or, or awesome as it might have been. It, it, pointing out the stuff that I hate doesn't mean that I don't think this is not great wrestling because you look at the TV of 1983 in general, you're not going to find something this entertaining on any other, maybe Memphis, you know, uh, here and there, but there's a lot of jobber matches, you know, Mid-South as well, but this is just hot. It's it's just watching a hot territory burn hot. And uh, I mean, even to the fact that, as much as the Mongol is just the worst human being to ever live, he's in the middle of all these huge reactions too. So he's riding that wave too. So it's again, thinking back to how shitty this was, this promotion was a year and a half earlier and looking at it right now is mind blowing. Yep. So really think about it. It's mind blowing. Free birds rule, baby. Free birds rule. And then, and then everything else is like kind of come together with all the other acts. Because uh, when you have a big hot act, you can get near that sun, and some of it rubs off on it. It was Freebirds. I mean, I think we, yeah. we've all agreed. I mean, it was the Freebirds that that did this. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yep. Totally. Kelly, where can we find you on social media? You can find me at MSG eighteen eighty, brother. Awesome, Kelly. I mean, Johnny Sorrow. You can find me on Twitter at J Sorrow with no W. Find me on Twitter at Titans O Wrestling. See you next week, folks. Have a good one. Bye-bye. My heartaches and troubles are just up and gone. The moment that you come in view. And with your hand in mine, dear, I could dance. Across Texas with you in my arms. Walls across Texas with you. Like a storybook ending, I'm lost in your charms. And I could waltz across Texas with you.